0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen. Tomorrow we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And for those of you who say, well, at Christmas is not the day Jesus was born. We're not celebrating the birthday, we're celebrating the birth. All right. We're celebrating the birth. We're celebrating the fact that he was born. The fact that the word became flesh. The fact that unto us a child was. born given and a son no a child was born and a son was given that's what we're celebrating and there's nothing more important than that you should be celebrating that more than you celebrate your birthday Amen. amen hallelujah thank god for jesus it's good to have you here and we're going to open our bibles we're going to turn to luke chapter 1 And we are going to read from verse 26 to 38. But before we do that, let me just um, make some comments. Last week, we were talking to you. I think I'm going to need some water. We're talking to you about the power of the word of God to become. And the word became flesh. And we know that the prophet Isaiah prophesied and he said, God speaking through Isaiah, God said, this is what my word It's like no word is ever going to go out of my mouth without accomplishing what it was sent to do. He says every word will accomplish its purpose. It will never return empty. The word of God will never return with an excuse. Oh, Father, you sent me on a mission, but I couldn't accomplish it. We told you that God works and does miracles among us by the power of his spirit and by the word of his power. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 calls the word the word of his power. Amen? Again, the author of Hebrews said that the word of God is alive. It's a living thing. It is powerful. We we read last week that the word of God works effectively. It exercises its super superhuman ability inside of those who believe. Amen. We read last week and talked about the fact that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their oppression. Amen. We focus on the fact that God's word is the agent of his power. That metaphorically speaking, when God wants something done, God doesn't have to get up and go and do it. He commissions his word. He sends his word, and his word has the power in it to fulfill itself. See hallelujah. hallelujah. Remember the Roman centurion. He had a revelation of the power of the word. And Jesus was willing to go to his house to heal his son or his servant by the power of his presence. And the man said, No, oh, Jesus, I know if you came to my house by the power of your presence, you would heal it. But you don't need to do that. I don't feel worthy. By the agent of your power, you can just speak the word. And by the power of your word, the power that is in your word, my son will be made whole. Turn to and say, no word of God is void of power. Amen? So when we speak of God's word, we are not speaking of God's word simply as a conveyor of information. It's critical that we get knowledge, that we get information, and the Word of God is critical for growing in the knowledge of Jesus. But we want to understand that that Word, mystically, it's not something that we can fully comprehend. But the Word of God is a carrier of God's light and God's power. Jesus himself said, my words are spirit." And they are life. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand how critical God's word is in God's plan for us. And how much what God does in us, for us, through us, with us is by and through his word. So every single one of us needs to cultivate a very close and intimate relationship with the word of God. Get to know what God says. Believe what God says. Fellowship with that word. And allow the word to do its work in you, for you, and through you. Do not have a long-distance relationship with the word. Do not have a second-hand relationship with the word. Amen? Don't have a superficial relationship. Relationship with the Word. Jesus said concerning the Word, the Word that produced fruit had roots. In other words, let the Word of God be rooted in you. Hallelujah. There's power in the Word. We said the Word has the power to become whatever God has ordained it to become. It can become healing. It can become peace of mind. It can become Joy in your heart. It can become a sword of the spirit. It can become a shield of faith. It can become a helmet of salvation. Are you hearing me? It can become a breastplate of righteousness. Everything that God has promised you and me, the word of God has the power to manifest it in our lives. Jesus stressed the importance of the word. He said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Are you hearing me? We're told to allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. And notice, not just dwell in you, but dwell in you how? Richly. Let it fill your heart. Let it fill your mouth. Let it fill your mind. Let it overflow. Let it shape your thinking. Let it control your speaking. Give yourselves to the word. The word is alive and active. Say to one or two persons the word. It's alive and active. Look at John 14.10, please. John 14.10. These are introductory remarks that I'm making to get you, prepare you for what I'm going to teach on today. Let's read together John 14.10. Read it loud, please. Notice, Jesus said the father in him was doing the works, the works of the father, saving, healing, providing, protecting, guiding the works of the father. He says the father was working, but notice how he connected the works of the father to the words he was speaking. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority. In other words, these are not my words that I'm just speaking. These are the words that the Father is giving me to speak. But notice, he then goes on to say, the Father in me, he's doing the work. So the Father is doing his works through as the Father's words are being spoken out of the mouth of Jesus. Hear me. So the Father does His works in us, for us, through us, as we are speaking His words. You're not hearing me. So, as I'm speaking His words, He is working. The words that Jesus is speaking are now the agents of God's performance. How is the Father working? How is he accomplishing his works? Through Jesus, by having Jesus speak his words. When you pray, let your prayers be full of his words. When you're facing problems, challenges, and difficulty, let what come out of your mouth be his words. Keep speaking his words. Keep proclaiming his words because as you are speaking his words, he is doing his work. Amen? Again, that re-emphasizes for you how critical it is that we receive the word and then that we believe the word and we act upon the word and we speak the word because the Father's works are connected to the words of the Father that we're speaking out of our mouth. When God himself wanted to create the world, he spoke. In order to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus didn't just pray. He didn't just stand. He spoke. And when he spoke, the Father did his works. So speak the Father's words so that the Father can do his works in you for you, through you. And everybody said, this word can become whatever God has ordained it to be. It can become medicine for your flesh. You know, many people, I've experienced healing in my life through meditating on the word of God and speaking God's word. But I think that for me, perhaps the greatest testimony I've heard that has been an encouragement to me it's the testimony of Dodie Osteen, who is the, the mother of, of um, Joel Osteen. <clears throat> I believe it was in 1981. I was a student then at Oral Roberts University. Her children were students there. And, and in 1981, she was 48 years, she was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer, just out of the blue she was diagnosed and given a few weeks to live. Um, the doctors indicated there was nothing we could do, so basically she was to go home and die. You know, They didn't recommend chemo or anything because she was that terminal. And humanly speaking, she had the reactions that all of us would have if you hear that kind of diagnos- diagnosis. And the mind... You know, would begin to, you know, fear and all of that. She dealt with those emotions. So it was not like she didn't deal with it. She dealt with those emotions. So she said at times, you know, she would, you know, these thoughts of her dying and the pink dress she had, that, you know, but she decided that since the, there was no medical treatment that would help her anyway, she would take God's word as her medicine in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 we quote that all the time right from 20 to 22 my son attend to my words incline your ears unto my sayings don't let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are what life to those who find them and health or medicine to your flesh so she took this word and she decided that well she was going to take God's word as her medicine and she found 60 plus healing scriptures and every day She read those scriptures. She read those scriptures. She read those scriptures. And whenever the negative thoughts would come, she would read the scriptures, and she would read the scriptures, and she would read the scriptures. That was 40-plus years ago. All cancer disappeared from her body. And she has gone on to live and is still alive today, and as far as I know, still strong. Amen? So she could have given up because of the bad report and simply agree with the doctors that she was going to die in a few weeks because there was no doctor that could help her. But she decided that she was going to do the only option she had. Now, sometimes it's it's probably good to be where you don't have a choice. You know, because sometimes when we do have a choice, we don't invest in the word. As we should. Now I'm not saying don't do the medical stuff, but sometimes we start to rely on the medical stuff solely. And all our prayers are focused on the doctors helping us. Pray for the doctors, pray for them if you know if you're being treated. But hey, don't don't underestimate the power that is in the Word of God that can heal you of even a diagnosis as terminal as that. No word of God is void, empty of power. Raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord, for your word. Say, Lord, your word word is alive, alive, it's active. active." Say, your word word has the power power to save me, heal me, me. deliver me, me. protect me. Your word has the power to fulfill itself in my life hallelujah to God be the glory if you have a bible lift it up some of y'all with a real bible stand we got a clap for you all of you with the, with the, 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 the real, all of you who got a real bible not the electronic please stand <laughs> come on let's clap for these guys Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. I myself cannot stand. I need to sit down because this is what... (laughs) But please, go back. Let's get a hold of that. One of the things about having the physical Bible is, you know, marking it, making notes. Maybe maybe some folks are skilled and they can do the same thing with electronic, but most of us take the Bible, especially those promises those scriptures that you are basing your life on. My goodness, attend to it. Every day, don't say I know it. Okay, you got to feed your spirit and your heart and your mind continually with the word. Hallelujah. And when you listen to a sermon like this one, don't listen to it once. Because he sent his word. Take this word. Meditate on the truths in it. Find the scriptures I refer to. And meditate upon it yourself so that this word gets on the inside of you. So that the word of God is dwelling in you how? Richly. Now let's look at Luke 1, 38. Because I, I want to use this story. The story of Mary and of how she became pregnant with Jesus and gave birth to Jesus. To illustrate again and demonstrate again the power of God's word. To become whatever God has ordained it to be. And I want you to see again how God works with his word to fulfill our purpose and our destiny. Hallelujah. Don't just be talking destiny, 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 purpose, purpose, and elect the word. God works with his word to fulfill his purpose for you and me. Are you ready? Let's read together. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel... Was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I know someone said, Oh, God, send me an angel with a message. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Notice now, virgin, young girl. Do you know how old the, the, the scholars believe, based upon the tradition of those days, was? How old Mary and Joseph were? They said Mary was 16, Joseph was 18. So don't tell me you got to be old. God uses young people. Some of us, we're old now. God can still use us, but when you read the Bible, he used the old too. But man, there's so many young people. I mean, 16-year-old girl, 18-year-old man. And God entrusted them with the responsibility of not only Giving birth to Jesus, but then taking care of him for 30 plus years before he launched his ministry. Wow. Don't underestimate what God has done through young people. All right? I hear some of these young people talking. I'm taking notes. Because God is revealing to them and revealing in them some powerful things. This past Friday, they led praise and worship. Powerful, 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 man. Thank God. Whether you all are young, he says he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. The old men will what? Dream, dreams. I've been dreaming a lot lately. (laughs) 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 And the young folks will do what? See visions. God's gonna use us all. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate what God is doing. And let's continually make ourselves available no matter what age we are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're old, don't retire, refire. Hallelujah. Let's go on. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But I want you to kind of read with me, so kind of follow me. But when she saw him, she was trouble at his saying, and consider what manner of greed. What did this mean? Verse, next verse. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found, A one translation said, Mary, don't yield to fear. Don't yield to fear. Let me say that to someone today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what the doctors report, what the, your finances look like, what, what you're being threatened by right now in your life. Listen to me. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, don't yield to fear. God is faithful. The Bible says He will not allow you to be tempted, tested, or tried above that which you are able, but will always provide for you a way of escape. Look at that situation and say, I refuse to yield to fear. God is in me, God is with me his word and his promises are true God will make a way of escape for me, in Jesus name Amen, don't yield to fear next verse and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, unto us a son is given, and shall call his name, call his name And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob for how long? For how long? How long does Jesus reign? How long is he Lord? Hallelujah. And you and I get to reign with him for how long? And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how could this be? Since I do not know a man, I'm a virgin. I have no relationship with a man. How can I? Now watch this. This is not Mary expressing doubt. This is Mary simply saying, oh, really? How how are you going to do it? I don't, I, I don't have a husband. I don't, I'm not sleeping with anybody. How are you going to do? Which is different. If you were to read earlier in this same chapter, there's a story where the angel comes to Zacharias, who is the, the priest and the son, um, the father of John the Baptist. And the angel brings pretty much the same message. Because in this case, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth were barren. They have been married for many years. And they had never been able to conceive. And now they were old. And so when the angel came and began to talk about having children, Zacharias really was saying, you know what? We're finished with that. <laughs> you know, you know. I tried when we were young. We tried. We prayed. We tried. We prayed. We tried. We, tried. we prayed. Nothing happened. I'm finished with that. <laughs> At this age now, you know, man, don't play with me. <laughs> So, Zechariah's response to the angel, when the angel said that his wife was become pregnant, was, was, you know, I'm old. So, his response was unbelief. He was basically saying, nah, don't play with me. I don't believe that. And then the angel said, okay, because you haven't believed, what we're going to do is you're going to be mute. You're not going to say anything. Because, and that's sometimes, you see, that's God being gracious to him. Because if God had lied and keep talking and keep talking, he would have missed this miracle. Because remember, how does God do His work? So God puts His word in you, so you can. So you. So he. The angel says, "Because this has to happen. Because this is sovereign thing now. God got to make this one happen. So we're not going to let you mess it up. You be quiet." And God would do his work. Amen. So sometimes, if you cannot believe, shut up. Amen. If you cannot believe the word of the Lord enough to keep speaking it, then at least for that season, be quiet. Go back and pray and fast and work on your faith again so you can start speaking. Okay? But for that period, just shut up. Because you're talking, and you're talking, unbelief is really undermining the process by which God wants to bless you. In Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says the word that was spoken did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. You see, there's some things God does, and it depends all upon God. But many of the things that God does for us, with us, and in us requires that we believe. The gospel is the power of God under salvation unto all those who believe. Are you still here? Yes, sir. So the angel answered, said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will what? Overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one which is to be born will be called the Son of God. So Mary asked a question. How is it going to be? Because, you know, I don't have a husband. How are you going to do this? And the angel said, listen, the This thing is going to take a lot of power. It's it's going to take superhuman power. This is not something that can happen through natural means. But Mary, don't worry about that. I'll take care of the power. All you got to do is present your body. Just make yourself available. Just believe. Make yourself available. As As for the power, I will supply it by my spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, listen, don't worry about the power. Just make yourself available. Amen. Just make the decision to believe. Just allow God to do his work through you. Just learn to say yes to God. You don't have to figure out all the details. You don't have to know all the intricacies of how he will work it out. But you do have to accept and believe And present yourself as that instrument of vessel by whom he can work to do his will. Are we here? Are we okay? All right. And then he goes on to talk about Elizabeth and how your relative also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called? Oh, hallelujah. So what God is about to do for Mary, he had already started doing for Elizabeth. Amen. She was called barren, but she's no longer barren. What changed? The word. Oh my goodness. Do you know that God's word has the power where you've been barren to cause fruit, to make you fruitful? Where there has been nothing, now there is something. God, oh my goodness. The word of God that worked for Elizabeth can work for you. The word of God that we're about to see working for Mary can work for you. Why? Because no word of God is what? Ford of power. Now, this conception is taking place many, I don't know how old they were, but they were old. So they have been waiting a long time. In fact, like I said, they had really given up. Somebody has given up, but the Lord hasn't. So rise up and believe again. Amen? Rise up and believe again. Begin to declare your faith once again in what God has said. Hallelujah. Now, let's say this together. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen? Now, the Amplified Version expands that. For with God, nothing will be impossible. It goes on to say that God's word With God's word, nothing shall be impossible of fulfillment. With God, nothing is impossible. And with God's word, nothing shall be impossible of fulfillment. Every word, no word of God, another version says, shall be empty of power. So let's fix this in our mind. Let's fix this in our heart. We may not fully understand this yet. It's still a mystery. But let's try believing every word from God has... Being commissioned by God to fulfill a particular purpose and plan of God in our lives. And that word contains the power to do it. And when you pray, start saying what that word says. And start declaring, say, this word cannot go back for it. Father, this is what it says. This word, by his strength, it, it, it will not go back for it. It cannot go back for it. Because it, no, it came to do something. And that thing it came to do, it must do. It cannot go back for it. Add God's word to your prayer and begin to pray like that. Are you hearing me? Take the word and say, no, 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 no. This word can't go back. It came for a purpose. It meant it was sent to deliver me. It cannot return until my deliverance is manifested. It was sent to give me a breakthrough this morning. It cannot return until the breakthrough is manifested. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. One more time, raise your head and say, thank God God for his His word. Word. So now the word is spoken. This impossible thing. A child, a virgin would give birth to a man without, a son without the benefit of a husband. Impossible. Yet, because there's no word of God, word of power. Go to Luke chapter 2. Because what? There is no word of God that is impossible of fulfillment. If it is spoken, it has the power to fulfill itself. Let's read. And it came to pass in those days, together, that a decree went out from who Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. The census first took place was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. Out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, where did Joseph go? Why did Joseph go to Bethlehem? Huh? Census for taxation. That's what, what you think. We think that this was simply an administrative decision made by Caesar in order for the people to return to where they came from for the purpose of taxation. That is how Caesar would have explained it. That is how the historians would have explained it. That is how all those who were working with Caesar at that time would have explained it. That's what they thought. they thought they were just doing what was supposed to be done because Caesar administratively determined it had to be done. but I want you to do I want you to do, go to Micah chapter 5 two please. <laughs> Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Let's read it it's on the screen so you can see on the screen. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you what? Bethlehem. Out of who? Bethlehem shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from ever. Where was he to come from? The ruler. Uh, Of Israel, the Messiah. Where was he to come from? Hmm. So, Micah chapter five, verse two was spoken eight hundred years before. God spoke it eight hundred years before, and it was just hanging, waiting. It cannot go back until it is fulfilled. (laughs) It cannot return until it does what God sent it to do. No word of God is void of power. That word said that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. And so that word had to accomplish its mission. It could not return until it had accomplished God's purpose. And so now Caesar Augustus issues this decree. What he doesn't know is, and what they don't know is, that there is a decree behind the decree. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There is a decree that has come out of the mouth of God behind his decree. So he is actually right now doing what the word is actually governing him. The word is actually making him do what he did. The word is actually causing these things to happen. It is the word, Micah 5, 2. That is fulfilling itself and Caesar and all of Rome and all of those folks now are being compelled without even knowing to execute the command of the Lord. Because this word has the power to move men, to move mountains, to change circumstances in order that the will of God might be accomplished. Caesar had to do it. You didn't understand. Some folks are going to have to bless you. And some folks are going to have to be removed out of the way. Some circumstances will just have to change. Are you hearing me? Because it's the fullness of time. It's the fullness of time. Because it's the fullness of time. When God speaks, that word cannot go back. It is waiting for the right moment. It is waiting for the Kairos time. And when the Kairos time shows up, that word will fulfill itself in your life. And whoever it has to move, it will move. Whatever it has to bring, it will bring. Whatever it has to do, it will do, but one thing it cannot do is to fail. One thing it cannot do is to go back to God unsuccessful. No, no, heaven and earth will have to pass away before one word of God fails to come to pass in my life. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If God speaks, there's power in the word to fulfill itself. That's just one verse of scripture. It had to be fulfilled. Do you know how many verses are there in the Bible? And every one of them has the same kind of power and the same commission not to return to God until it accomplishes its purpose for the man or woman who believes it are you hearing me for the second time I'll summarize the rest of that Luke chapter 2 we know what happened the angel came amen and the child that the angel Gabriel had spoken to Mary about The Bible lets us know that that child, just like the angel said, was born in a manger. The virgin conceived a child. Because the word became flesh. Because the word had the power to perform it. Because that word that the angel brought could not go back without accomplishing its mission. Now, we read this story, and some of us marvel and stand in awe of the angel Gabriel. What gets our attention in the story is that the angel Gabriel showed up. What really should get our attention in this story is the word. That the angel Gabriel brought. Because it wasn't the angel Gabriel that did this. He was just a messenger. You got to hear me. It wasn't the angel Gabriel that did this. It was the word that God sent to Mary. You don't need an angel, you just need the word. You're not hearing me. You don't need an angel to appear. You don't need to have a dream. You don't need to have a vision. If you have a dream, the dream is simply the means by which the word comes. Great. If you have a vision, the vision may be the means by which the word comes. But it's not the dream. It's not the vision. It's not the angel. It's not the preacher. The preacher can be an instrument too. But it's not the preacher that you should stand in awe of. It's the word. Everybody say, it's the word, oh. One more t- You need to hear me. You need to hear me. That situation that you're in and you're struggling with, it's the word, oh. There's a word God has sent for you that has the power to deliver you, to set you free, to make a way out of no way. Are you hearing me? To bring you up from where you are. There's a word that God has sent For you, it's the word, oh. And if you got the word, stop looking for the angel. If you got the word, it wasn't the angel, gave or delivered the word and left. Did you hear me? It's the word that God has sent that will perform it in your life. It's the word that God has sent that will come to pass. It's the word that God has sent that will perform the miracle. Get your eyes off the angel. Take your eyes off the stars. Take your eyes off all this other stuff. Take your eyes off the manger. Take your eyes off the lack, the poverty. Take your eyes off all the discouraging things that are in your environment. If you've got the word, even if it was spoken 800 years ago, the Bible says the word is living. It is enduring. It is incorruptible it does not lose its power over time. It's as fresh five years later, 10 years later, 800 years later, it's as fresh as when it was first spoken. Now, Let me skip a few things. Say the word spoken to Mary fulfilled itself. And there are words that have been spoken concerning you. Words that God has spoken about you that are personal to you, unique based upon his specific plan for you and me. Thank God. Those words have the power to fulfill themselves in your life. Believe them. But I still hear some people say, oh, I wish God would send me an angel to give me a word for this season. well I, I hope God will send me a prophet who will speak a word specifically about my future and you you are you are you know the word but you, you're, you're hoping that the word would would be spoken. I got good news for you this Christmas. I said I got some good news for you this Christmas. Stop wishing for a word. Yeah, there are specific words that do come. I don't want us to diminish the value of prophecies and personal revelations, but there's something and someone whom God has sent with a word that is for every single one of us. A word sent by one far greater than Angel Gabriel. A word sent by one far, far greater than Elijah. Elisha, Moses, Samuel, and all the prophets combined. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, in those days he spoke to the fathers through prophets, but unto us, for he has spoken to us through his son. Greater than any angel, because he who is the son is Lord over angels. Greater than any prophet God has spoken a word. And that word that I speak of is the gospel of Jesus Christ. For Paul said concerning this gospel I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is what? It is what? It is what? The Power of God unto salvation to all who believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, then God has sent you a word. In times past, he sent words to our Old Testament fathers. Those words have the power to come to pass. In the story we read, he sent a word to Mary. That word has the power to come to pass. But the Bible says that he has sent us this word. And this word is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go with me quickly to 1 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1. 23, or 20, let's go there. He indeed, Jesus was what? Fordain before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these... There was a time for the word to manifest. He was manifested for who? For who? Who through him believed? Do you believe? So he was manifested... For you who believe. That means this one is not just for individuals. It's for all who believe. Let's keep on reading. Who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Verse 22, go ahead. Since you have purified your souls in the of the truth. The truth is the gospel. Through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with the wild, pure heart. Next verse. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Now how many of you believe in Jesus? How many of you are born again? Well, the Bible declares that your new birth, regeneration, your new birth, was the work of the incorruptible seed of the word. You heard the word, you believed the word, and the word of God regenerated your spirit so that now you are born again. That's the effect of the gospel on your spirit. Say the word of God is incorruptible. It lives and abides Forever. Next verse. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass with us is flower falls away. Go on the next verse. But, everybody say it. The word of the Lord. Let let me just say this. Let let me just say this. Because the word is incorruptible, lives and abides forever. And it is the incorruptible word that regenerated you. That which the incorruptible word produces is itself incorruptible. That which the incorruptible word regenerates is itself everlasting forever. Your spirit, born again spirit, will never see corruption. Because now it partakes of the very nature of the word that generated it. If you're born again, you're born again forever. If you are born again, you are born again forever because you are not born again by corruptible seed. You are born again by incorruptible seed. Everything else can wither, but not that which the word of God produces. Say to the person next to you if you're born again, you're born again forever. (laughs) Now, Now, look, look, look. Everybody read this out. Say, now, this is the word which by the gospel. So, what is the word that God has sent to you? Please answer. The. No, just some of you. You don't need an angel to come with a private message. There's a more powerful word. There's a more sure word that has come to you from one who is greater than the angel Gabriel. My goodness, Gabriel gives me a message. Great, Gabriel. Jesus gives me a message. Gabriel, sit down. Are you hearing me? A prophet anointed by God gives me a message. Great. Jesus gives me a message. Prophet, take your seat. And this is what the scripture is saying. Through Jesus... God has sent a word to all those who believe. And this word is identified. It's the word Gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Which is the gospel of grace. Grace came through Jesus Christ. This gospel, Paul said, is the power of God to salvation. It contains God's power to bring salvation to you spiritual deliverance healing everything that is included in the salvation package is available to you through the power that is present in the word called the gospel oh my goodness paul said i commend you in acts 20:32 i commend you To God and to the word of his grace. Say gospel. The gospel of his grace. The word of his grace. Which is able to build you up and do what? Give you an inheritance. The other translation say give you the inheritance. In other words, everything you have a right to based upon what Christ did for you on the cross. Everything that belongs to Jesus, which now is yours, because if you are born again by the corruptible seed, you are an heir of God. You are an equal heir of Jesus. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. And the Bible says this word, this gospel, will deliver. It has the power to give you your inheritance in full. It has the power to save your soul. It has the power to heal your mind. It has the power to deliver you from your enemies. It has the power to protect you from those that will harm you. It has the power to dominate witches and witchcrafts. It has the power to bring to pass God's plan and purpose for your life. It has the power to make you an overcomer. It has the power to give you victory over sin. It has the power to give you the breakthrough. This gospel will not return void, empty. It will surely accomplish its purpose. And we discover that its purpose is to give you the inheritance. Said, Father, I receive the word. Of the gospel, the good news of your grace through Jesus Christ. Say, Father, this gospel has the power to give me my inheritance. It cannot return, it shall not return until it has produced in my life everything Jesus died. For me to possess, I want you to shout, say, thank God for the gospel. Say, it is the word of the Lord, it is the power of Christ. Amen. How did Mary respond to the word that came to her? How are you going to respond to this word that God has sent on a mission to give you your inheritance? Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. Well, there are a number of things we could see there, but let me begin by just saying, having heard the word, and you gotta hear it, you gotta hear it, because you can't you gotta hear it, so you gotta keep hearing this gospel. Having heard this word, she surrendered to it. Be it done to me. She just surrendered to the word. She stopped looking here and looking there. She just accepted and surrendered. Hear me. Stop looking 1,000 places. Accept the word. Surrender to it. Are you hear me? She accepted it. She surrendered it. She believed it. And then the Bible says she began to rejoice and to give thanks for it. Hear me. This gospel is, I almost want to say more powerful. But I don't know if one word can be more powerful than another. But this is God's final word. There's no other word that is coming that will replace the gospel. You don't need another word from any other place to walk in your inheritance. gospel is the power that God has sent to produce and to cause to come to pass everything in your life that Jesus died for you to have. So what do you need to do? Hear it. Believe it. Surrender to it. And like Mary, keep thanking God. Keep rejoicing and then wait for it to do its work. Ah. I received the word. I'm pregnant. One month. Praise you God. Two months. Hallelujah. Three months. Glory. Four months. Hallelujah. I don't know if she had morning sickness. I don't know but If she did, she was still praising God. Hallelujah. Six months. Seven months. Praise God. Eight months. And then the time for manifestation came. When you believe this gospel, you may have to wait patiently because the Bible says you have need of patience. But at the time of appointment, this word, hear me, This word concerning Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross for you. By his death for you. By his resurrection. By his life in you. This word which he has sent through the gospel. Will produce everything that the gospel proclaims. Is yours by inheritance. And while you're waiting for manifestation. And while you're praising. And while you're rejoicing. That word, the gospel, will be exercising its superhuman ability in you. Increasing you. Growing you. Stretching you. Preparing you for manifestation. Some of you right now, that's exactly the face you're in because you already received the gospel. And right now, as you're praising and rejoicing, this word is actually growing on the inside of you. It's stretching you. It's expanding you. It's making you a bigger person in a good way than you were before. A lot is happening. A lot was happening in Mary while she waited for manifestation. This word is working And i end with this. The the conception was supernatural. Mary became the surrogate mother for God's son. She didn't contribute the egg. Joseph didn't provide the sperm. She just provided a, a safe place for this child to grow. But even though the conception was supernatural, the progression, the process seems so natural. If she was going to the doctor that day, they would have checked the baby and said, oh, he is now six weeks. Oh, his little toes are beginning to show. His heart, whatever the process is, the process by which the miracle was manifesting or coming to pass was natural and normal. And if you are not perceptive, you would think that this is just another baby conceived in just a normal way when that was not the case at all. This was something the word of God was doing, but doing it in a way that is imperceptible except to the man of faith. Hear me. There are things God is doing for you right now. And because you're not looking at them through the eyes of faith, you don't see the hand of God. You think, it's just uh, all you see, but what you need to realize is that word that you're believing is working imperceptibly to the natural eyes, but something supernatural and extraordinary is happening on the inside of you. And I'm declaring right now, at the appointed time, it shall surely come to pass. Though it tarry, wait for it. You see, God has a way of things seeming to be slower, and then all of a sudden, boom! Say to your neighbor, "Boom!" I'm declaring 2024. You will experience, boom! Hey, hallelujah, glory! Boom! In Jesus' name. Boom! In Jesus' name. Boom! In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Glory! Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This gospel. Don't play with it. It is a, the word that God has sent for us. He sent a different message for the fathers. They have their good news. We have ours. Our word from God is the gospel. And it's that gospel that will not go back void. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I end, listen if you're here today and you have not yet experienced salvation, again, it works, it gives salvation, it causes you to be born again if you believe it. You got to believe Jesus Christ died for your sins. You got to believe that by His blood, your sins were paid for, and on the basis of His blood, God can offer you total forgiveness. You got to believe that because of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, God is now offering the forgiveness of sins, salvation, and eternal life to all who believe. Amen. If you're willing this morning to acknowledge that you're a sinner, repent of your sin, and put your faith in this gospel, this word, this gospel will cause you to be born again. will cause you to be a new creation. will cause you to become a child of God. This gospel will pass, cause you to go from death, spiritual death, to eternal life. Amen. But now you've got to respond. Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. Is there anybody here today who said, Bishop, today I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Because I haven't really done that. I believed in him, but I have not repented of my sin and received him. But today is the day I do that. If you're watching online, this is the day you do that. I want you then to pray with me. While you're here, if you're here he you say, Bishop, pray with me because this is the day that I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. This is the day I repent of my sin. This is the day I receive this word that will save my... Please pray with me. Raise your hand for salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the new birth, the new birth. You are not born again. You don't have the assurance of your salvation. You're not saved. Raise your hand. If you're watching online, you can get saved right where you are. But you've got to acknowledge your need for the Savior. You've got to place your faith in Jesus through the, the message, the gospel of, of salvation. You've got to believe that Christ is the way. And then be willing to confess him as your Savior and Lord. If, if you would do that right now, he will fulfill the word. The word will come to pass in your life and you shall be born again. So right where you are, pray with me. Say, Father God, right now, I have heard the gospel. I believe it. Jesus died for my sins. Jesus arose from the grave. Jesus is coming again. I believe his blood was shed for me. And today, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus, I declare you my Savior and my Lord in Jesus' name. Oh, I sense that. Somebody prayed that from their heart. And somebody just experienced the new birth. Somebody just got born again. Come on, let's clap. Somebody just got delivered. Somebody just received salvation. Hallelujah. And if you just received salvation and you know it, please, if you're watching online, communicate with us. Information is there. We want to help you grow. And if you're here in this church and you just received Jesus, after the service, I'm going to be up here for a few minutes. Come and say, Bishop, I just prayed to receive Christ because we want to help you not grow in this new life that you're in. Are you glad you came to church today?